on this episode of Menstruction. A lot of y'all don't require personality. A lot of y'all don't require someone who is mentally stable. A lot of y'all don't require someone who reads books. You feel what I'm saying? Like, like I said, like y'all think with y'all eyes and y'all penis a lot of the time. And I'm seeing it working at Tokyo firsthand, grown as men. You're I'm sure. I, I'm sure there's a lot of penis down there. I believe that. <laughs> Literally, like grown as men. Like I'm I'm young enough to be your daughter. And like because I get to wear lingerie to work, you like you're just being lustful. Like literally, all I have to do is be pretty. Remix. It was a brick by it was a brick by brick in a stone wasn't shown in the day and built in the day it wasn't done alone. Spirit mind married in the mind takes a whole village takes a whole village get a child out to be a great man would be a great man without sure fire way a sure fire way need a life for destruction. Sit down, be honest, sit down in an hour in your life, an hour in your life and get some instruction. Beautiful souls and spirits. Coming through your airwaves right now is Black Velvet, and you are listening to Menstruction, the place that provides you with a beneficial brick to fortify the structure that is you incorporated every week, every time, without fail. It's great to be back, man. I, I I had to take a little break. There was a lot going on. There were a lot of things to consider. There were a lot of moves that needed to be made to continue to push out quality content. But just as the stars will always have it aligned and how everything falls into place, the 15th episode of Menstruction being recorded on Juneteenth. That's a beautiful thing. You can't say that that was not ordained. It was supposed to be that way. So see, everything falls the way it's supposed to. So we're here. We back, man. Ah, I missed it. I missed it. I I missed being here in this medium and bringing you guys some beautiful, beautiful things. And, you know, speaking of beautiful things, I have a treat because i am bringing you yet another guest who is really going to hopefully help me push the limitations of my understanding of what it means to construct yourself what it means to put those beneficial bricks in place what it means to be better every day because see we all look at these things and these issues through the lens of the male perspective. I mean, the platform is called Menstruction, right? But as I always say in every episode, as I always try to make very clear, it's an us thing. We do it for us, but in the process of doing things for us, we're also doing it for them. And them is women. This episode is going to be the next episode in the mini series that I'm calling The Grass Always Looks Greener to the One Who Doesn't Garden. The series to address the hypocrisies of both young men and women when it comes to this modern gender debate. Because here's the thing they just don't understand. Both sides of the issue are transgendered. You just got to switch the pronouns.
And so, you know, the cats out the bag, we have a wonderful young lady here with us today. And we're going to be jumping into a lot of the things that have been covered in previous episodes, of course, from the perspective that I approach them from. But we're going to go in depth a little bit more and we're going to jump into some new stuff. And we're going to get to hear the grievances that some of the women might have. You know, we we might even make our own version of Diary of a Mad Black Woman. We might we might hear some things. We're gonna let that perspective be heard today. And believe me, I'm I'm a modern man. I'm liberated. We do not quash the voice of the black woman here. So that I might have lost my show today. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. This might not be my show after this. We'll see how it goes, man. Without further ado, because I I have now buried the lead so much i i have to bring our guest in to the building space 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 and i want to allow her the opportunity to introduce herself i've already said too much <laughs> so to help us build brick by brick stone by stone how you doing mr velvet and I'm I'm wonderful. How are you today? I am really good. Really good. So, I'm excited for this conversation. That is I'm you glad know, you know that it's gonna be my show after this, you know. And see, this is this how it starts the the, the black woman. Shout out, shout out to y'all. You know, you gotta you gotta let them gotta let them say what they're gonna say. But I I'm glad that you're here. But uh Miss Vicky, please introduce yourself to the people. My name is, well, I go by the rap name of Vicky Luciano, V-I-C-K-I-L-U-C-C-I-A-N-O. I almost forgot to spell my name. But yeah, I've been um, rapping since 2018. Um, I just recently dropped a project back in March that's doing better than anything I've ever dropped. It's my favorite project so far. And I think that this last project really um, got me into, well, really helped me find my sound. Besides that, um, I like writing films. I like acting. I'm fun. I'm funny. You know. There it is. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That was beautiful. Uh, that that was every woman's dating profile on BlackPeopleMeet.com. Oh wow! See, that was what happened. And it, it was <laughs> it I've, was perfect. I've you never, hit all the base points. I've never made a dating profile ever. Not one. Well, there. Here, listen. I when I edit it, I'll cut that clip and shoot it to you, and that's it. <laughs> that that's that's your one. You did it. You just you did it right there. That's the one. Uh-uh. That's that's it. We got, so, where should I start? Tinder, like Christian Mingle. Like I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, the the black woman is really in right now, so probably oh, all of the above. we we've always been in. I think everyone else is just catching up. Okay. Well, you know, see, here we go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> I, obviously, you're already comfortable and ready to go. So, I, I'm ready to get into, get right into it. I was. I'm. I'm always a little surprised. I don't know why, but I'm always a little surprised when I introduce the platform and you know the concept, and they are excited and they're poised to be a part of it when people say that and when they bring that energy i'm always a little interested and also just to see if it's authentic and so you know 
in our brief encounters and conversations, um, that energy has always been there uh, and it has always been matched. And so I, I was excited, of course, to be able to bring you in. And then even more so excited because now I really get to push into the female perspective. Mm-hmm. I really get to get behind a lot of the things that I'm theorizing and philosophizing about here on the platform. Because yes. I, as I always say, I mm-hmm. don't think it's fair to cover things from one side, to point the blame, mm-hmm. point the finger at other people. That does not really solve anything, in my opinion. I despise the tenant of the street philosopher. Okay. Yes. I, I, I don't. I want to be that guy. And so in order to do that, you got to bring people in that know more than you or that have other perspectives than you can't hear what I'm saying all the time. Cause exactly. I'm not, it's, it's not just about me. This is supposed to be a building space. Mm-hmm. We've got to provide the tools, the beneficial bricks. Mm-hmm. We love a beneficial brick. Absolutely. So Vicky, let's get into it. Let's, let's get, get into right it. into it. There are many, 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 many things that are said in our metaverse ethos out Mm -hmm. there on social media, on state-sponsored media, any other media in between. There are so many things that can be said and usually are said uh, when it comes to this connection or really what seems more so now to be a division between uh, men and women. It seems like this ever deepening divide in perspective you know there's 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 one thing to just have disagreements and for us to have differences in perspective but it's different when it gets to a point where spite gets involved where hate gets Mm -hmm. involved and then when people start to turn the conversation into well now we just don't need the other side now it's just not necessary for us to even interact with Mm -hmm. the others when men and women start looking at each other and saying you are the other we got a problem Mm -hmm. we got a problem and so you know as i've covered in previous episodes you know on a black history month episode i really tried to dive into um how the socially engineered alternate reality that comes from the corporate media space, how Mm -hmm. that has directly fed into the perceptions of a lot of where men and women, especially of our generation, how that has skewed our perspective on a lot of things. That's where we can start for you is what effect have you seen in your life personally? Or no, let me rephrase that question. How has the media space affected your perception <clears throat> of yourself as a woman okay so in elementary school everybody wanted to be light-skinned everybody wanted to have a perm everybody wanted to be skinny you know and then I got to middle school everybody wanted to be light-skinned and brown and being dark was not accepted or was not beautiful or whatever And then as I started going to high school, then it was like, oh, Black women need to be thick and have blue eyes and they need to have um, 3C hair. And and it's just, 
it's a lot of uh, wow. expectations that people have for black women and a lot of ideals that people have about um, black women and their beauty. And my father had me growing up watching pan-Africanism documentaries and all that kind of stuff. So it was never something that I really got into, but it did affect me because in middle school, I could say that I was like society's definition of beauty. But today I'm a small, petite woman. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When now everybody is desiring to be dark skin and thick. And that wasn't a thing before. But um, are you saying that in your life so far alone, you've seen the standards of what is most desirable for a woman, a a black woman, especially that's Mm -hmm. changed even in your life. Yes, definitely. Definitely. But I I feel like it is. All, all of like society's definitions of beauty are coming from, like you said, what we see in the media. So it's like, when when you grew up like me and you have a Filipino woman in your family and you have light-skinned Black women in your family and dark-skinned mm. Black women in your family and skinny women in your family and thick women in your family, mm. you have a range of definitions of beauty. And right. But then when you look in the magazine and you're like, okay, well, to everyone else, I'm not that pretty. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, right. yeah, I think, I think society will make you feel like you're not good enough. But like I said, I grew up with all different kinds of women. So, yeah. And I think that is, I, I love that you brought that up because that is a big part of, and I think this goes for anyone that regardless of, of race, color, creed, gender, when it comes to defining your image of yourself mm-hmm. and not just physically, as in what you think is most desirable and what's attractive, but also when it just comes in, when it comes to building your self-image. And, mm-hmm. and your identity, what you feel. I feel like the more perspectives and the more versions of what that can be are presented to you, it makes it a little bit easier to find your own. Yes. And, exactly. and when you when you see that, it also gives you the ability to be more confident in yes. that make it make up you because you've seen so many other people wear their skin in such a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. And so then you sit, you can sit back and rest in the aspects of you because you're yeah. like, well, I know that I have this mole below my left eye, but so does my aunt and it's gorgeous on her. She always gets compliments on that. So mm-hmm. I can embrace that. Yeah, Exactly. But I'm not I'm not going to sit up here and act like it doesn't affect me because, you know, some days you wake up and you don't feel so pretty, you know, and you're like, oh, wow. What if I was dark skinned and thick? Like, how would I feel today about? So what goes into that? That's an awesome point. What goes into the mindset on those times where you wake up like it's just beginning of the day? Why is that? Well, okay, let's step back. How does that happen? Is it truly that you 
the whole tenant of I woke up like this. Like, do you really wake up and you just feel unattractive or is there a trigger? How does that happen? There's usually a trigger. It's usually a trigger. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not always you just wake up feeling like that. Because after a shower, I feel like a bad bitch anyway. Mm. But um. Well, I hope so because you just you fucked up some bacteria, so you should feel like <laughs> the the baddest exactly. at that point. I hope everyone feels that way. Exactly. But yeah, I feel like everybody goes through it. Like it's not just it's not just women. You know, everybody has their insecure moments. But you just have to walk in in your beauty and like be like. I'm made this way and I love it. In those moments where you get there, you've been triggered to feel that way. What what usually triggers that though? Uh, usually social media, usually social media or um hanging around someone who I think is like so pretty. Mm. Um and you know, I'm in the AUC, so it's a bunch of beautiful women. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely have my days. I can't I can't speak on that too much without incriminating myself. So I'm just going <laughs> to agree and say, yes, you're absolutely you're correct. Incriminating yourself. Uh, <laughs> just you're I'm just going to I'm just going to agree and say, yes, you're absolutely right. In those moments, you're there. Let's say let's let's start with the social media one. Let's say you, you know, get up fresh in the morning, 8 a.m. Like most people do for some reason, you grab your phone first. You go into your favorite social media app, go in and see gorgeous, beautiful, uh, it's a good example, um, Coco Jones. Coco Jones is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. So you see Coco Jones on the timeline, you like, damn, Coco killing it again. <laughs> and so now you start to feel certain, uh, a certain way about yourself. Mm-hmm. What goes into that mindset? Well, because when you first wake up in the morning, you're usually either headed to work or headed to class. You got your sweatpants on, you know what I'm saying? Or you got your work uniform on, and then you scroll through Instagram when everybody is getting to put on their makeup and be cute for this video. You know what I'm saying? It's social media. Like, you're going to present yourself well for social media, but seeing that all the time will make you feel like, dang, I need to step it up. So it's more so of a mindset of, I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. At this moment. this moment, yes. But as so, it's not so much so. I don't feel attractive at all. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, for some women, that is the case, but that's not the case for me. Okay, I peeped how you said that. You said that's not the case for me. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Want, I know I what I am. Like an asshole, because I know some people really <laughs> have those feelings all the time on a daily basis, but like you know no it's fine the, the shout out shout out to beautiful black women everywhere it's, it's fine that's what it it took me a long time to get here because i wasn't always you know feeling this way you know it nah. took me a long time to get here it took a lot of mental push a round of applause for progress All right, right, round of applause for that. <laughs> so peep that man if you didn't catch that it's not always a matter of they don't feel attractive at all. It's just that they don't feel like they're hitting that mark. So think about that. Because some of y'all be over overcorrecting and 
you know, you're talking to your girl and she's not feeling like this. And you're like, oh, babe, you're so beautiful. You're gorgeous. You are the most beautiful thing in my life. I've, if I was, what did Drake say? If you had a twin, I would still choose you. Man. Yeah. Man. Stop. Stop. Y'all doing too much. Tone it down. That's not too much. That's not too, that's a compliment to you? It that's can't a compliment. It can't be overbearing. But when you see that your girl is having a bad day, that is your time to compliment her. But okay. My girl, I, my I, girl, I, I hear that. You. I hear that. I'm not disagreeing with that. But mm-hmm. I'm talking specifically if you were talking to a dude and mans came to you and said, if you had a twin, <laughs> I'm still picking you. That's a compliment. Okay. Is, is that a compliment, Vicky? It's not a compliment. Okay. It's not a compliment. I, I just, just want to make sure. If from the black woman's mouth, y'all heard it. She said it is not a compliment. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I want y'all to understand. That's yes, not. Okay. You said that you it, it took some time to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's been a journey for you, I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So currently on that journey to self-actualization and mm-hmm. you know achieving your full personal beauty let's call it where would you say that you are on that journey right now i would say that i am better than i was a year ago two years ago oh god um i'm not gonna i'm not you know what i'm not gonna blame it on men because like being confident is definitely your responsibility because if you depend on the men in your life to tell you how beautiful you are you're always gonna feel like you're not beautiful because there's only so many compliments they can give you it has to be like you just have to know it like you just have to know i am beautiful i am gorgeous i'm smart i'm we talk about these affirmations all the time you just gotta fake it till you make it say them till you believe them you gotta you gotta really work and and invest in your mental health and then like that'll show up on the outside for sure invest in your mental health mm-hmm. huge proponent of that that is key for everyone uh, mm-hmm. I, I I give major props to anyone and everyone that really invests in their mental health because it's necessary especially mm-hmm. in the times we're in now it's necessary mm-hmm. I absolutely love that so I'll put you on the spot because I have the opportunity. I got I got to take that. All right. On the scale of 1 to 10, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just the standard scale. We're going to we're going to stick with it cuz we know it works. On the scale of 1 to 10, you are rating yourself. And I cannot say 7. You said I can't say a 7? Cannot say 7. I wouldn't rate myself a 7. I'll rate myself a 10. Really? No one else will rate me a 10, but I... No, that's not not the question. We're not going to bring other people into it. I'm a 10. You are a... You yourself believe you are a 10. Yes, absolutely. So there is no room for improvement. There is always room for improvement. How can you be a 10? 10 10 is the top of the scale. It's not 10 to 12. I mean, 1 to 12. There's room for me to be an 11. You feel what I'm saying? But the scale is one to ten, though. How is there an eleven? Okay, so nine point five. Nine point five. Okay. Yes. And see, this is a perfect segue into 
what we got to talk about here. I asked that question mm-hmm. in part because I actually curious as to where you place yourself. And I'd like to know why. We'll get into that in a second. But a lot of men today feel mm-hmm. like there is an aggressive level of entitlement that mm-hmm. comes from the female side of things. You're entitled to certain privileges. You're entitled to certain um, advantages Mm -hmm. um you're entitled to certain amounts of attention based off of the mere fact that you are a woman and that you believe yourself to be a beautiful gorgeous wonderful god's gift to this earth of a woman now subjectively some people may agree with that some people may not Mm -hmm. i'm here to adjudicate that but i do feel like there is something and and this is not an original phenomenon that I've come up with. I've just created my own name for it. It's called pretty girl syndrome. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I would define pretty girl syndrome is essentially you have a young lady, a woman who is by more or less the standards of the time is considered mm-hmm. conventionally beautiful. Right. So mm-hmm. in our current uh, the standards that exist currently, I guess that would be someone who's relatively curvaceous, um, mm-hmm. but still relatively fit, probably on the darker side of the spectrum. Natural hair seems to be in right now, which is great. So probably rocking something in that category. And, you know, if you went out, saw a, a you know, dark skin, five, six, Afro wearing, you know, gym-bodied young woman, most people would probably be like, yeah, she bad, bad. You mm-hmm. know, like, she she can handle it. Exactly. Um, the concept I'm referring to is what that young lady would think of herself. And so <laughs> with those being the standards, she has known for most of her life, or at least has heard and has received the attention that has validated that, yeah, I, I got it. I, I got it. Like, I, I'm that bitch. Even if I'm not really that bitch, mm-hmm. I could probably get away with it. There mm-hmm. are a lot of things that I'm probably going to get to slide on. There are a lot of, there's a lot of attention that I'm going to get based off of simply what I look like. And then what happens is this mindset develops where, well, now I can have whatever I like. And I can get access to certain spaces and certain things because I look like this. And because mm-hmm. enough people have reaffirmed that behavior and have reaffirmed all of those standards. And all I had to do was look good. I didn't even have to open my mouth most of the time. Mm-hmm. This mindset develops where it really is just an aggressive form of entitlement. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I can now do no wrong. I can do no bad because I'm bad. Mm-hmm. I got this. I can handle myself in any situation. And you start to really feel like I look like this. So I can do all of this. Mm-hmm. And it makes you averse to criticism. Which is the other part. So it makes it very hard for there to be a conversation built in any other way. Is that a concept that you would say you're relatively familiar with? 
Um, so as you know, I work at Tokyo Valentino now, right? And as far and for as, for the for the listeners, explain to oh, them yeah. what that is. Tokyo Valentino is a you know um, erotica shop, a sex shop. We sell sex toys, lingerie, all that, all that good good stuff. And so from my experience, I have seen that pretty girl syndrome, y'all allow it, actually, especially Mm. when y'all get horny, especially when y'all have a lustful attitude towards a woman, Mm. like y'all, y'all allow it, y'all let it happen. Literally, I got tipped, like I minimum a week is like $100 in tips just because guys come through there and and find me attractive or just because I work at Tokyo and they think I'm a freak. You understand? I'm like y'all allow you're giving me $100 just to sit here and look pretty. No matter how much attitude I give you while you ask me to help you find something, you allowed it and you and you tipped me $30. It's something that y'all allow. Um well they, we call it pretty privilege. That y'all and, allow it. And that that was kind of going to be my follow up about pretty privilege now. The reason I don't call it that, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a distinction between pretty girl syndrome and pretty privilege. Mm-hmm. Pretty privilege is kind of self-explanatory. It's it's a privilege that one derives because of their physical attractiveness. Mm-hmm. Pretty girl syndrome is different because there's a mentality behind it. Mm-hmm. There's a mindset that goes into it that's deeper than I just look good. It goes to the validation of, yeah, I know I look good, but also I can put in minimal effort mm-hmm. and yeah. I should put in minimal effort because I get all the benefits I need from just looking like this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to try. I don't have to do it. So it's, I guess, really the the culmination of pretty privilege when it comes full circle, because the first part of it is the privilege. You look good. You get this, right? Mm-hmm. You look like that. Like you said, you get the tips. That's the privilege. That's the trans. That's the transactional portion. But when it comes full circle is when then it starts to become self-fulfilling and it's like, okay, I got that. Let, I don't, let me try a little bit less. Or let me tweak this a little bit more. You have your days where you're like, I wasn't even really trying. You know, I just made sure that my face was clean, my lip was glossed up, and I still got like $200 last week. So, <laughs> well, if I throw on some 35 millimeter windshield wipers, whatever y'all put on your eyes. Windshield wipers. Right? If, if I throw on, you know, a little extra foundation, right? Yeah. If mm-hmm. I throw on some different kind of earrings, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. what happens then? Exactly. Well, now I've been put, now I'm pushed up to, now I got $300, right? So then when that becomes where the effort is put in, mm-hmm. instead of let me work on my character, let mm-hmm. me work on my presentation, mm-hmm. Let me work on my mental space like we discussed earlier. Make sure that my mental health is on right. Make sure mm-hmm. that I am constantly feeding the muscle that is the brain. Mm-hmm. All of that is pushed aside because of the benefits reaped from but, being pretty. But think about it. We don't have to. <laughs> like, 
I literally, and it's not that I'm not, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of y'all don't require a personality. A lot of y'all don't require someone who is mentally stable. A lot of y'all don't require someone who reads books. You feel what I'm saying? Like, like I said, like y'all think with y'all eyes and y'all penis a lot of the time. And I'm seeing it working at Tokyo firsthand, grown ass men. You're I'm sure. I, I'm sure there's a lot of penis down there. I believe that. <laughs> Literally, like grown ass men. Like I'm I'm young enough to be your daughter. And like because I get to wear lingerie to work, you like you're just being lustful. Like literally all I have to do is be pretty. It, it, oh, so that once you add the personality and the being funny and the being, you know, um, I guess smart and intelligent and all these other things that make you you on top of that. Yeah, it's like, oh, she's that and then some. But at first glance, being pretty is all y'all need in most cases. I'm not even going to disagree with you on the the reaffirmation and mm-hmm. the validation that the male perspective provides to that because that definitely fuels that and i i want to address that in a second but what i want to ask is because you made a, a point that definitely stood out to me which is it's not required mm-hmm. and if it's not required then more or less what it seems like you're saying is well why would i even try what's the point of putting that level of effort in mm-hmm and that energy if it's mm-hmm. not being required the question that i would have and I, I i feel like a lot of my male counterparts have too mm-hmm. why would you not feel the need to still put that level of effort into it just for yourself why mm-hmm. is that why are those things the more interpersonal fortification of yourself the more interpersonal portions of your character building character Mm -hmm. why is that contingent upon the requirements of man and i asked that question too just for context Mm -hmm. because the narrative that we hear now is we do not care what men have to say we don't need no man but as you just said if you want the cycle to be broken, then mm-hmm. we have to put our standards and expectations out there mm-hmm. and make that clear so you have a reason to try to reach them. So is there a hypocrisy there? Um, It is good to do that for yourself. We definitely do do it for ourselves, but it's like, at first, like, And maybe I'm just speaking for myself because usually when guys approach me, it's usually very lustful. So it's like, I'm not going to tell you that I'll be reading Malcolm X because you don't care. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell you that I like to watch the 85 South show because you don't care. I'm not going to tell you that I'm spiritual because you don't care about these other parts that make Vicky Vicky. So if I don't, have to be all of this to get you because you don't care about all of those other things then it's like all we got is the physical you feel what I'm saying it's like yeah if you know that it's just on a physical level mm-hmm. then there also has to be the expectation and understanding that 
it it's gonna be a transactional relationship that yeah. it's gonna be I'm attracted to your physique. I'm attracted to the physical characteristics, but that's also the only thing that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you're going to be treated and right. feared. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure in some cases, there are some women who are okay with that. And mm-hmm. they are fine with a casual transactional kind of relationship. But on average, most women seem mm-hmm. to be very much so unsatisfied with that. Right. And so then that goes back to the question again, that would mean that we're not interested in that, but how do you know that? If that's not presented beyond the physical, if you're just resting safely and securely on, I got here right. based off of the physical, you're mm-hmm. willing to take that next step because of the physical. And that's what you're interested in. So I'm not going to give you any more than that. Then can there really be a reasonable level of discontentment when the guy is like, all right, I'm out. I give me anything else. I was here and you wanted me to stay, but you, I'm not grounded to anything. But see, that's why I said, maybe I'm only speaking from me because I never get to see that other side of the guy either. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what do you like? You know, what do you like to do? Like, what are you interested in? Like, do you like to read Marcus Garvey or do you like to read comic books? Uh Or are you into science or do you like sports? You know, and maybe maybe that's why I say I'm probably just speaking from my own perspective because every um, encounter or interaction that I've had until I started being celibate and that's a whole nother thing has been like just lustful when I was able to really look back at it it was like there was literally nothing there but sex and food <laughs> like that's all wow there's a never mind I, I don't remember who's saying that song gosh oh, man mm-hmm. um oh, I kind of want to look it up now but there there's a song by I can't remember who was by but the hook and I remember it from <laughs> as a kid. I think this might be why I started the platform. No, I'm just playing. But <laughs> part of the hook, um, she sings, she says, um, she goes to like different sports. She's like football, baseball, basketball to know all the players, know all the moves, uh, cook him a meal. The way to his heart is sports, sex, and food. When you said that just now, it made me think about that. And I've always been like, even as a kid, I was like, man, are we that simple, yo? Like, is that really? <laughs> that's all of it. And I, I, I never knew if it was, should I be insulted by it? Or was it just like mm-hmm. a statement of fact? Like, you know, this is... Okay. Do you feel like that's all you're interested in? No, I've never felt that way. I if mm-hmm. if I were to use that formula for myself, that doesn't apply at all. First of all, I don't know shit about sports. I and I, <laughs> I don't even care about sports to be honest. Um most sports. I mean, I guess rather I'll say the traditionally masculine sports. Mm-hmm. It's not really, you know, I, I the only sport I remotely care about is tennis. So you know, no um, sports, sex, and food. Sex is up in the air. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> and then 
food i mean that part i would agree with but only because that's part of survival you get to anybody's heart with food that's not just a man thing mm-hmm. okay if i make a bomb club sandwich at a chick's house that i'm dating you think she's not gonna be like yeah you're pretty great exactly. you could stay the night if you like like yeah right. yeah so i i'm i don't know i, I don't think that applies to me for um, sure he's the one yeah right you know you got the the bread with that nice toast where it's got just enough brown on it right and it's just got the, the crunch like come on that's right. that's at least that's at least a two nights we're married right <laughs> so going back to pretty girl syndrome mm-hmm. i think you kind of acknowledge part of the detriment of it mm-hmm. which is and really you you really laid it out perfectly you get to this point and you get to this mindset where you rest secured in, I don't have to provide that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to give you the character. I don't have to give you the more interpersonal stuff. I don't have to give you my thoughts, interests, likes. Why? Why do I have to do that? Because you took me for the physicality, which is true. But then I think you also acknowledge another point that goes into where I think some of the disconnect happens because you said, well, we're as men, we're visually inclined, which is true. And that's where your, the interest goes. And then you said, well, when I'm talking to the guy, it's like, I, he doesn't tell me about his interest. He doesn't tell me what's going on with him. Well, this is where men and women are different. When, mm-hmm. The man makes the move to pursue. Mm-hmm. That is him saying, this is where my interests lie. These are where my interests lie. We present those things differently. As a woman, you know, it's more conversational. It might be more passive it's in a more comfortable space. It might mm-hmm. be chilling somewhere, going for a ride down the boulevard, having a picnic, something like that. And then that's when you share that you know your aunt is your biggest inspiration right something like that (laughs) exactly whereas as a man it's like that could come out at any time but that that's probably going to come out more so related to the physical side of things right you might get a sweet nothing or a confession like that after sex for example just for example (laughs) that might happen there or Again, going back to the song, might be after a good meal, right? <laughs> okay. you, you eat good, you got good food in your, your system, right? And you like, man, man, look, let me tell her that, you know, I, I got a felony in Nebraska, but we cleaned it up. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just, you know, more so on a more serious note as well, though, those things tend to get shared also when the sharing has already started. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I I feel like most men, you have to be shared with first before mm-hmm. we're going to just share. Mm-hmm. And women, be, we be waiting for y'all to ask. That's what it is. And, and that's, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, except mm-hmm. when you're coming at it from the perspective of this is a physical thing. Mm -hmm. that's the thing again the detriment of pretty girl syndrome 
Because mm-hmm. when you're in pretty girl syndrome, when you're in that mindset, you're like, well, this is about the physical. Like you said, why do I need to give you any more than that? And so now you get to a point where you start to catch feelings or you're feeling something and you're like, well, now I want to tell him this and the other, but he didn't ask. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the environment created is this is physical. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And I'm under the impression that you don't care. Mm-hmm. So why would I ask? Why, mm-hmm. why would I get involved beyond the physical? Because just like you're saying, the boxes are checked for me. I don't have to try any harder because I get the benefits I need. From the male perspective, the boxes are checked for me. I, I got the baddie. I secured it. I got my arm candy. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything else. And so, no, I don't give a damn what her middle name is. Right. Why? That I, that after next week, I probably don't care. Right. We probably won't be talking after next week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's where some of that comes from. And I, I think that you definitely pointing that out really highlights some of that. Now, to go back to address the male side of it, though, I absolutely agree. We do an injustice for ourselves by validating that and, mm-hmm. and by fortifying it when we see, like you said, you're in there doing your job. You know, granted, I, I, I didn't know that your uniform allowed that much skin. You did not say that before. But <laughs> yeah, even still you know, you're there doing your job, fulfilling whatever services you are, and just throwing money at you, right? Right. So that is going to, there's a reward system there. It's like, okay, well, damn, this is it, then this is simple. It's too easy, right? Right. And so you are being given that easy pass. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, well, again, if it's this simple, then what else do I have to do? So it definitely is a problem on our side too. But again, it comes down to understanding your mindset and where your values lie. Mm-hmm. You have to know what it is that you actually want out of interactions mm-hmm. with the opposite sex, but also how you want to present yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to know where your principles lie in what your identity is. If you don't mind being presented as something that's transactional, being right. presented as something that's casual and honestly objectified, then that's fine. But just mm-hmm. know that that's what you're going to get in return. Mm-hmm. That's the type of energy you're going to deal with. And so then you can't step into the space of, well, I wish I knew more, or I wish he would tell mm-hmm. me more, or I wish that we could have, I could have, longer lasting relationships mm-hmm. but none of the seeds for that to happen are ever <laughs> sowed it doesn't happen right. so it's about mm-hmm. presentation and again for guys and gals it's about how you present yourself as a gal don't break out of that pretty girl syndrome and it's also how you present yourself as a dude instead of oh you look real pretty today ma like instead of <laughs> If, if you're trying to make an impression, you got to do a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. You, you have to provide a little bit more than that. So quickly, before we transition to the next thing, how does one 
acquire yeah, a job a- at a sex shop? I, I want to know. Everyone asked me that. Um, Actually, the manager, she was like, you're always in here. Do you want a job? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, girl, where's the application? I'm sorry. I'm trying to turn my phone off because I feel like that's rude. So you were a regular patron. Yes. You, you were in there that off. That's interesting. And now um, I get discounts. <laughs> that's that's very interesting. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'd I'd wanna ask what kind of specialties you were buying there, but I feel like that's gotta be an after dark episode. I don't know if I can ask that question. Um Ooh, without, I mean we all grown in here. Yeah, but you know, this we gotta keep it a little PC over here. Um <laughs> we're, we're trying to collect sponsorships at some point. Maybe that'll be an off-camera conversation. <laughs> so I heard this really, really great, um, I don't even know what to call it, uh, uh, philosophy, not even, just a, a great one-liner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, on Online, I, I think I was watching one of my favorite podcasts at the time, and it was um, in the comment section uh, of the podcast. And I saw it, and then the host of the podcast actually had read it as well. So he saw it, brought it to my attention. I was like, wow, this is so perfect. And when I heard it, it encapsulated everything that I feel like I've been saying on this platform, and even years before, so well. Mm -hmm. I want to get your take on it. I call it the trifling trifle, 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 trifle. The trifling triforce. The trifling triforce. And this is what okay. it is. Let's get into it. So three things apply. They want the authority of a man. They want the privilege of a woman. Mm-hmm. I want the accountability of a child. That when I heard that, I was like, I, I, could, I could not have put that into words better myself. Mm-hmm. Because that seems to be that that seems to be the prerequisite, right? That that's the checklist to get into your trees training. That's all it takes. You got those three, you're in there. You're mm-hmm. in there. The top notch. What do you think about that? I think that the authority of a man is only in certain spaces. Um and I don't know if that's the teacher in me, but sometimes you have to have that aggressive energy around other people. And it's probably because I'm short too, but sometimes you have to like over, overly be, dom- uh, be overly dominant or be overly like assertive. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not fun, but sometimes it's kind of a requirement so that you're heard or so that you can get things done. As far as the privileges of a woman, I think that would really go for anybody. Um, of course, I want the privileges of a woman. I don't, uh, I can't even say that because you said we're going to talk about that later. But the privileges of a woman are sweet and they're pretty great. Now, as far as the accountability of a child, mm. I would disagree me personally, okay. I want the accountability of a grown ass woman, a person, an adult, 
a person who is healing, a person who is moving on from her past self, a person who wants to be better, you know, a, as far as accountability, that that might be like a, a vision thing. Like this is who I see myself being. So I have to my I have to hold myself accountable to make sure that I am that woman. Essentially, so you're saying you don't think that the trifling triforce applies. It's it's not that it doesn't apply. It just may not be a hundred percent true because it's not all bad. It's just that that may not be true for all women. I feel like you're saying two different things then. So are you saying that you feel like it's invalid or that it doesn't apply to all women? I'm saying that it doesn't apply to all women because I have definitely met some women who have the accountability of a child. Um, Mm -hmm. Very high. But I I would say the authority of a man, I feel like that's all women at some point in their life. They have to be that way. I feel like that's, that's a requirement. Like I have to do this to get things done and the privileges of a woman. Of course we all want that, but that accountability that's where I said that one I may agree with in some cases. The accountability of a child. Yes. And I, I think out of those three, that's the one that I would probably focus on the most as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the one that's most concerning. I think all are an issue. I, I don't feel that having, I don't feel like the, desire to have the authority of a man is great only in regards to i feel like most women don't have the chops to be able to take the consequences that come with that there's there's, of having the authority of a man yeah to have to be in those same power positions if you will um but more so really just to be in that leadership role, meaning that when the arrows start flying, you're catching all of them first. Mm-hmm. And, and even after when you have 50 arrows in your chest, you have to continue to step forward because there's a team of people relying on you. But why not though? Because from what I've seen, and again, not generalizing, of course there are exceptions, mm-hmm. but most women, when put in that situation, when put in the line of fire, mm-hmm. when the arrows start landing, they're like, oh, yeah, this is tough. And I actually don't have to do this. I have the privilege, like we just finished discussing, and I could, I could kind of fall back and still do just fine without that collateral damage. And so there's that dichotomy that comes into play where it's like i want to have that power mm-hmm. i want to have that influence but i don't want the consequences that come with it i don't want the responsibilities that come with that and i covered this in mm-hmm. uh my last episode of my series the grass is always green into the one who does garden If you haven't listened, come on. But there's essentially, I was pointing out kind of the same concept where, you know, from a young age, boys and girls, 
you're from a young age boys are very much so told and it's impressed upon us that your merit is based off of what you can provide mm-hmm. and as based off of or i'm sorry your value is based off of your merit so what you bring to something essentially you're the added value mm-hmm. What you can put in there, what you can create and innovate, what, you know, an example I use in the episode is um, part of the reason we get pushed into sports so early is because you're trying to teach that dynamic of you have to not only work on yourself, build yourself up to be strong enough to provide to a team, but also to understand that team dynamic of you have a place and you have to play your part. And if you play your part, that's when you will stand out and be appreciated and respected. That's how you want to be, right? Because every you can ask any six-year-old on the peewee football team, everybody want to be an MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the MVP. And so that's put in there. For the girl is different. For little girls, that most of that doesn't happen. There's you're kind of set in being told you're 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 great you're fantastic you're wonderful you're sweet you're beautiful the and the example i use in the episode is the princess complex which is you know you you still have to of course do the base stuff you have to develop your personality and some character and those kinds of things but Mm -hmm. for the most part you're the princess so everyone is already giving you reverence and looking up to you just based off of the title and essence you already have. Mm-hmm. And in this case, your essence is just femininity. You're, you're, you're a woman. So you're already getting that reverence. And at some point, someone hopefully will cart you off and make you part of something bigger. And so that, mm-hmm. that dynamic exists. And so if you put those two dynamics up against real major challenges, You know, something like being the executor of a company, you know, being in charge of big major decisions, those things. And when when things start to fall, those two dynamics are very different. And I think the it's very challenging from a female perspective to be put in that position and then feel like, well, no, I got to truck through because my value is determined by your merit. That's a male dominant perspective. Most women do not look at that situation that way. They're just not going to. Not to say that some don't, but most do not. And so they step away from that. Well, I would have to disagree with you because I feel like, like I said, every woman has one time in their life at least had to step into that other side of her. Like everybody has that duality, the feminine and the masculine energy. You just may have more of one than the other. And you have to think about female entrepreneurs, teachers, Mm -hmm. managers. Um, You know, there are so many people who have to be masculine. Even as as a female artist, when I go to the studio, I'm not allowed to be pretty. I have to be talented. And I have to be about my my business or they're going to kick me out of the studio and I'm going to be wasting however much money I spent in studio time. And I have to let that engineer know, hey, I don't like that. That needs to be fixed. 
Right. So every woman has one point and or and another had to step into that masculine, more dominant, more assertive side of them. Um, yeah, yeah, I would I wasn't I was gonna say um some women probably don't, but no, every woman has one time or another in their life walked into a room, said, I already know they're not taking me seriously because I'm the pretty one in the room, or I'm supposed to be the dingy one in the room, or I'm the only woman in the room. I have to be able to keep up with everybody else in this room right now. There's something to be said for those that definitely are trailblazers in their respective spaces. Mm-hmm. But then I, I still I still would push back on the rest of the Triforce, which is the privilege and the accountability. Mm-hmm. Because even let's take, you know, those same examples, you know, your entrepreneurs and, you know, your executive level managers and whatnot. A lot of times, the basis on which they're evaluated is still different Mm -hmm. than it would be for men. Because, again, women still get that privilege of you're a woman. So the way that we approach certain issues, the way that we're going to discuss a problem and or the action taken, the, the consequence, however you're reprimanded or whatever that looks like, the ramifications of it are applied differently mm-hmm. because you're put in a position where now, you know, as a woman, you got to be careful. We want, you don't want to seem prejudiced. We don't want to seem like we're biased. Uh, got to be careful with that. So you still get that privilege of, yeah, I'm still a woman, though, but I also want to wear the big boy britches, which mm-hmm. fine, there's no problem with that. But then that comes down to the accountability portion, which is being able to take a responsibility and take credence when shit isn't always rocking. Because Mm -hmm. the other thing that I think is an issue with that and why the Triforce is such a problem, you then have situations where, and I'd like to get your take on this too, all of that sounds good when you're the only woman in the room. You've done these big things, entrepreneur, multi-million dollar business. Then everybody, all the women want all the credit. But when mm-hmm. the shit flips and it's not going so great, mm-hmm. suddenly it's not my fault. Suddenly it's, mm-hmm. well, let's not put that on us. Suddenly it's, well, there was a team of other people. There were other people involved. And that's what the accountability part takes. And that's where the accountability portion is most problematic. Because again, like I was saying at the top, when you have, when you're out there and the shots start flying, you are Mm -hmm. the first one that has to take all of that. And you have to put, when you put yourself out there on the line, you Mm -hmm. are taking that, but you can't take that and stop and say, all right, well, actually y'all need to shoot some shots over there at Jeremy and Gerald because they also were part of this production. No, right. you got to take those, brush it off. You know, your shirt going to be a little wet mm-hmm. and you got to keep it moving and take the accountability and also be willing to admit, I am the reason that we mm-hmm. took these shots. I am the reason that we are underwater now. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Because um, like I said earlier, I have definitely met some women where it's like accountability is not a thing, especially uh, especially because I believe in karma. 
and certain things will happen to women in relationships and it'll be like well didn't you just do this to him a couple of weeks ago and now you you know what i'm saying so and, and not even just romantic relationships like just the way some women are in general and they get it back and they're like why would they do that to me what is it because you do it to other people mm. so yeah, accountability is definitely something that um everybody needs to work on but i've definitely met some women who um don't have an accountable bone in their body mm. <laughs> what what is is there a solution for that um learning yourself self-actualization yeah definitely um being like being knowledge being knowledgeable of that when you first take on that responsibility for example i'm a teacher right if my students are failing, that's for sure on me. <laughs> like, that's course. for sure on me. So that's, I, I, I understand that going in. If they don't get it, it's because of something that I am doing or something that I'm not doing. And some people don't think that way. Mm. A lot of people don't think that way. And I think there is, there's definitely an accountability issue on both sides. Mm-hmm. There is an issue with male accountability in so many regards. And I cover that ad nauseum as men, we need to step up to the -hmm. accountability game is, is questionable, but it's always interesting to me to see the levels of accountability with women um, or really the lack thereof. Um, Because it just seems like women don't really hold themselves or sorry, hold each other to account very much. So there's a lot of passive commentary Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, things are said in jest Mm -hmm. or real critiques offered um, or any challenges or questions. And again, if you're going to be in the power player positions, that doesn't work. You need yeah. people around you that are going to hold you to account and call you on your bullshit so that you can not only be better, but also be responsible to the people that you are now in charge of and or leading. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's key. But how y'all talk to each other sometimes is otherworldly. So mm-hmm. let me just create a scenario for you. and. I- then you give me your breakdown on it. Cause this is something that I myself question all the time mm-hmm. and talking to other male counterparts. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I wish I had a woman to ask. And there is a wild Vicky. Wild Vicky. Maybe we'll ask. Oh, a wild Vicky. <laughs> it sounds like some of an animal plane. Find out. Vicky. We'll find out. You are working over there at Valentino. I don't know what kind of <laughs> backdrops they got over there. Scenario. There's a, a a group of young women. Let's say there are three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, all friends have known each other for some time. They're let's say that they are shopping for new outfits. Two of the three, you know, their outfits are well put together. Yeah, you're cute. Cool. The third, she has her own eccentric style. It's not the most tasteful. Maybe mm-hmm. not everybody's cup of tea. Some people might even say it's ugly. And so she turns to her friends and says, hey, how do I look? Right. She's trying to get her own 
flair out there as they're shopping and picking out a new outfit. They'll look. You can tell from their facial expressions that they are not approving. They -hmm. will turn to each other and make small commentary that is essentially disapproving, but will turn to that other chick and say, no, girl, you look good. They fake. Yeah, you you're, you look fine. You're, you're doing your thing. Like, that's your own style. Do you? Now, for me, there are a few things in that scenario that are concerned. Mm-hmm. Firstly, the fact that the, the little side conversation, shitting on that person and they're right there. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Cra- that, and that, that's, that's, a, that's a woman thing because no <laughs> guy would ever get away with that. Ever. That situation goes very different very quickly mm-hmm. if there are guys involved. And first of all, if a dude's even asking what he looks like, which I think more men should do, but that's a separate conversation. Mm-hmm. But if that even comes up, one dude turns to the next dude and there's some little chatter, that whole situation is blowing up. Everybody got to throw hands now. <laughs> like, what, what you got to say? Like, what's up? What's up with my fit? Talk to me. Right. <laughs> Where two friends are fake. Yeah, so so break that down. Well, and then here's a question I will I will pose to because this is the point I was getting to as well. In my life, the short time I've been on this planet so far, mm-hmm. I've very rarely seen spaces and arenas where women were being openly supportive and just pleasant to one another. There's always there's an underlying tone of disdain or derision, or sometimes it's just out in the open and it's just disrespect or at the very least, a lack of appreciation for the other. Cause you're not going to like everybody you run into totally understand that, but there's still a level of respect you can have. Yeah. You doing your thing, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Do you cool. I just feel like I've seen very few spaces where that happens genuinely. I'll make that very clear. You all do a very good job of making it look like you're on the same page and making it look like we're in support. Oh, yeah, we're here. And then behind closed doors, it's like, yeah, she ain't shit. Yeah, who invited her to this party anyways? (laughs) Yeah. So is that how it actually is? Do I guess the overall question for me that I've been asking since, I don't know, I was eight years old Mm -hmm. why do women hate each other so much why i do not think we hate each other at all i think there are just bad apples that spoil the bunch and then make all of us look like we're all in competition i mean people people say that women are in secret competition but i would have to disagree like i would well there are also women who say that women are always in competition. So, yeah. I mean, some of your spokespeople and representatives just aren't doing a good job, if yeah, that's the case. Like I said, those are the bad apples, okay? Because I can't, like, that has to be a lot. Every day, like, I have to be the best at everything. and have to look better than, like, that's a lot. Like, how do you do that every day, babe? Like, that's a big weight to me, trying to carry every day. Yeah. Um, but especially going to school in the AUC, like, you know, we're not all going to be buddy-buddy, but I definitely feel like that Black women, we, we coming together, and I feel like I would not be any other species. I love being a Black woman. I feel like I, 
personally, I feel like we love each other. I haven't, I haven't experienced enough bad apples to be like, oh yeah, we all just be so mean to each other. Like, no, I would say black women, we definitely love each other and we for sure come together when it counts. Like, yeah, I would have to disagree. And, and it may be on the outside looking in, it does look pretty bad because we definitely do have our moments, but I would say as a whole, we're doing a pretty good job as mm. far as the as far as the community of black women goes. I just question if there ever was a community. <laughs> I, I really I've, and maybe I'm in La La Land because I love to live in La La Land, but like I haven't experienced enough black women who thought that way to be like, oh yeah, we could do better. Mm. Like maybe I'm in La La Land, but and that's why I asked the question because I genuinely want to know what the another perspective or the other side is like because. Like I said, from my lived experience and from some of my male counterparts that I've spoken to, you just don't, that doesn't seem to be in high supply. Mm -hmm. And there's like, and especially if we want to even bring it to black women, you know, it almost feels like it's worse in our community sometimes because you see and hear such vitriol just pushed out. Um, not even taking it out of the media space in the communities mm -hmm. because I, I, I personally I've seen most of that happen in person. Like, mm -hmm. of course there's the metaverse side of it and all the shit that goes on in the media space. I've already covered that. Go listen to the episode, mm -hmm. but I've seen black women talking to other mm -hmm. black women to their face, calling them out of their name. Telling them that they're ugly, telling them that they ain't shit because of this, that, and other. And it's like, where's this community? And then it, it's, uh -huh. to me, it's so blinding because then you'll see stuff and even hear stuff like you're saying now where, well, um, well, they had a, a, a special that they used to do on BET a couple of years ago, the Black Girls Rock thing. I don't even know if they still do that. But yeah. they, they did, you know, stuff like that. And you see stuff like that. And I'm like, well, are we living in two different realities? Because that mm -hmm. exists and that's real. But also, I can't deny what I've seen with my own eyes and ears. Yeah. There have been Black women that are would do anything to tear down and break down another Black woman. Of course, I would love to be able to brush it off and say, oh, it's just a few bad apples. But mm -hmm. you see it enough times, you're like, well, damn, am I only in a, I'm in a rotten orchard? Like what's what's going on? Wow, I mean, I see it um, amongst people who work together, but that's because no one likes work, and you're already coming into work with that negative energy. So workspaces are bound to be negative. Um, dance teams, everybody wants to be the best dancer. So mm. yeah, <laughs> like um, strip clubs. Everybody wants to make, like, you want to be that girl who makes the most money. So in some spaces, that energy is going to create itself. You know, Man, but as far strip as... Strip clubs are cutthroat, boy. That is... I bet, right? Wonderful. Like, that, that, that competition, I support. 
I support that 100%. Uh, not that competition, I support. Oh, well. I support that 100% because that, that only breeds better results for everybody. I feel like everybody just, not better results for everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> everybody wins there. <laughs> but I just feel like um, that's, and maybe I just keep myself away from those women because that's not something I see too much of. But you also attract exactly what you are. So if I don't act like that, that's probably why I don't never see that. Well, and you know what? You did invite a very interesting point to that. I guess I hadn't entirely considered. It probably is dependent somewhat on the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say now thinking about it, too, and the times that I've seen that, it was definitely in, you know, our more rundown communities. Mm-hmm. It was definitely in, you know, the urban areas that are the most underfunded, that mm-hmm. have the least amount of resources and facilities. <clears throat> and so, of course, there's this kind of hyper competitive energy that exists um, mm-hmm. in that place, because like you said, using um, and I love the example that you use too, like a dance team where everyone wants to be the superstar. Everybody wants to be the best. They want to be noticed the most. And so in an environment like that, everyone wants to be their best selves. They want to be secure. And so you're actually just like wanting to eat. Yeah, right. I, I, that's what I mean by secure. You know, you want to have security. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like you're safe and, and secure. And so when someone else comes in, or is just presented that seems to have more security in that regard than you, then yeah, shit pops off. Yeah. Things break up because it makes you feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. It makes it feel like in this non-existent race that you are now trailing. That might have something to do with it. Black Velvet come through your airwaves. Thank you for listening to another episode of Menstruction. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please park it on whatever platform you're listening from and share it with your people. Bring some more builders into the building space to help us do this brick by brick, stone by stone.